baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. I've played this game. I've coached this game. Now, back to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Debo's in. Debo's in. And uh, Kyle talked. Debo talked. I will tell you this, and we are, uh, our crack staff is working right now on getting the audio for you, but those on the scene, Dibs. Yeah? They state that Debo looked like he was about to crawl right through the podium because of his energy and excitement level for this game, in which he will now play. Good. <laughs> no comment on that. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Excited. I was listening to some of the sound uh, coming out during the break, and apparently the injury that he sustained is not the same injury that he had against Cleveland. No. So that's good news. Very uh, good news. Yeah. It's well, not that a, was a, there was a fracture in that one, correct? Right. Yeah. This is a deep bruise. Oh, it's a deep bruise. Deep bruises are not comfortable. No. Those are not comfortable. No, but you can work through that more than you can a fracture or a break, for you, sure. You can if you're a football player. Right. Especially for $85 million. Ow! Ow! Dude, yeah. <laughs> I bump my you shin there, on the Bob. corner of the bed. I'm out for a week. <laughs> Guaranteed. And that's, I mean... <laughs> that's, that, that, that hurts. It hurts like hell. Right. It hurts like hell. You want to talk about what's bugging you on a Friday. Why does that hurt so much? Yeah, Why no does it skin. hurt so much? Yeah, no protection on the old shin. God, but it's not even just the shin. What about stubbing the toe? Oh, Why did? Why in the middle of the night does stubbing the toe look like you've just been shot? It's as if you've been shot. Like you're just like down. Yeah, down. And there's that window of three seconds before the pain actually hits, but you know it's coming. No doubt. That's why I choose to not get up now in the middle of the night. That's not what you just told me. I I wake up. Okay. I don't get up. You don't get up. No. What do you do? You just hang there with that feeling? Yeah. (laughs) Just roll over. Whatever. Yeah, I'm not getting up. (laughs) Just just let it out. Let it flow. Don't let it out. No. Don't let it. Uh, I'm not. My baby's not the only one in the house wearing diapers. Okay, I'll just okay. say that. Good lord! <laughs> very, the openness on the show is fantastic. I'm an open book. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, let's let go it to, flow. Uh, let it flow. There you go. Let's uh, let it Joe. Let it Joe in San Jose. Nice. Hi Joe. What are you doing? Hey, how you doing today? Yeah, good. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, I, I think I, I definitely think the Niners are going to win this game. Uh, I, I think for them to win this game, I think uh, uh, I think it's going to come down to penalties. Uh, who, who has who commits the most? Uh, I think penalties are going to play a big part in this game. Uh, I think uh, uh, that uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey is going to have an incredible game. I also think that George Kittle is going to be crucial to a Niner victory in this game. I think he's going to have an amazing game for us. Um, and uh, I just want to take a, 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 a moment because I don't think, I don't think we talk about it enough. Um, the Niner, 
punting game is so on point. I, I, I would put our punting game uh, against any other, any other teams, honestly. I, I, I'm so happy with, with that, and I think it's going to be very, very crucial to us pinning them back on drives. I think that's going to be very, very important key, key to, to success for this game. Joe, I, I love that you called, and I love all our listeners, but you are some kind of wackadoodle if you get excited about the Niners punting. I'm just being honest with you, Joe. I think I, I, I like it when people are quirky. You're a quirky dude, Joe. I'm, I'm just saying. I mean, you know, he does it. it he, he does a great job. He, he pins he pins them back like like we haven't had a punter like that in a long time. No, he does. He's 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 done a great Thank job. Thank you, Joe. Yeah. Joe's a man who likes an edge, I, and that's a definite edge. I now, hate the putter. I've well, always hated the putter. He's a good punter. I know, but I don't want him. Great hang time. Good I placement. I I do not want the punter on the field. But if you have to have your punter on the field, and invariably most teams do, you want to have a good one. The and punter, they have a good one. The punter comes on the field for one reason and one reason only. And that is to hold extra points. Or to run a fake that he called on his own <laughs> and go for 30 yards. That was fun. You're right. That, that was, was super fun. <laughs> you know, Kyle was uh, a little surprised. And he came back with a penalty, you know, I know. You, like, what do you give me for this? There have been uh, an inordinate number of post-game press conferences this year where Kyle was like, yeah, that's not what we were planning <laughs> to do at all. Totally. Like, think the Brock Purdy touchdown. The, the Brock Purdy touchdown you're talking about, Thanksgiving. Yep. He threw to Brandon Ayuk. How about the run to Juwan Jennings to start the second half? Uh, uh, that's not what we meant to do. Yeah. Somebody had a wristband or something. Something happened. And then, yeah, we got fake punts that weren't getting called. And then they were going for 50 yards, and then they're getting called back. Like, there's been a lot of oddity. And it, yeah. it, I'll, I'll, like, I know we're joking around, but it did stop and make it made me stop and think. When we rip a play caller, not just Kyle, when we rip a play caller, I, I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm like, well, but is that what they called? I don't know if that's what he called. All you can do is, is call it. And then. All hell breaks loose. Players can do the wrong thing. They right. can change their mind. They can execute poorly. I'm not saying that now all play callers are just immune. They're part of the process. But I just don't accept that what I see is exactly what the coaching staff told them to do. Of course. It never is. And, you know, you're talking about the the confusion with Ray Ray in the last game where Brock threw it to virtually no one and you immediately see him, like, doing the – the symbol, the signal, like, you should have gone that way. And, right. you know, Ray Ray's like, oh, sorry, and I went the wrong way. And so we look at the play call, and maybe it wasn't the play call. It was the route that didn't get run. And a lot of things have to go right for a play to get called, received, and then the formation has to be right. And you saw Brock on the touchdown run actually signal to Charlie Warner, no, 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 don't go in motion, stay there. And they got the snap off just in time, and that was the time that uh, Brock Purdy kind of saved the day. Um, Let's keep going with the phones, but I do have a wee bit of new developing breaking news. Okay. Um, And that is uh, rescheduled Warrior games. Rescheduled Warrior games. Yeah, I saw one of them. 
Um, well, one of them has been rescheduled, and then another one that was rescheduled has been rescheduled again. A double reschedule? Uh, that's exactly right. Okay. All right, so first off, um, and these, of course, are the games, unfortunately, lost because of the untimely passing of Coach Milojevic. Uh, but the Warrior Jazz game, which was that very next night after the heart attack, that one, which was January 17th, has been rescheduled to February 15th at 6 p.m. Right. February 15th at 6 p.m. Last game before the All-Star break. There you go. The Mavericks and Warriors game, originally scheduled for January 19th, rescheduled to April 2nd at 7 p.m., and then that game has just been rescheduled as well, moving it from April 2nd at 7 p.m., to April 5th at 5.30 p.m. Okay. So that game is now on April 5th between the Warriors and the Mavericks. Yeah, they're uh, in Dallas on the 2nd, they're in Houston on the 4th, and then they'll be in Dallas on the 5th, and then back home for Utah on the 7th, and then at L.A. on the 9th. Got it. Actually, let me restate that. What's being rescheduled, there's two teams. The Mavericks were supposed to be at the Warriors on January 19th. That's been rescheduled to April 2nd. What was supposed to happen on April 2nd was Warriors at Mavs. Right. So that one got moved back three more days to April 5th. Okay. So now you sort of have a home-and-home that's been built between the two teams between April 2nd and the 5th. With a trip to Houston on the 4th. There you go. In so, between. So, yeah. In you'll between. be in, in Dallas on the uh, on the 2nd. And I know that the game on the 15th, you go to Utah on the 12th, back home for the Clippers on the 14th, and then to Utah on the 15th. And I know... It's going to be condensed. No yeah. matter what, though, it was going to be inconvenient. And of course. I don't think anybody's going to complain about it in light of the tragedy that took place. But just from a schedule standpoint, that is what they're facing. Um, I love this. Rob Parker, who is in Detroit right now as we speak, um, is going to join us in just about five minutes or so. He may agree with this. I wonder. We have a line of calls right now. I mean, it's just Niners are going to win by 10. Game's not going to be that close. Niners are going to this. Niners are going to that. Sure, 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 sure. We're here in the San Francisco Bay Area. But I think it also speaks to the buildup to this football game and the history of the 49ers recently where it almost feels like we've got a birthright to this football game. And fans are not going to be all that interested until things go well beyond this weekend, Championship Sunday. So we'll see. We'll talk more about that. And Rob Parker is about to join us. We're sponsored by the Farmer's Dog. Soon as Rob's done yapping at us, we're going to keep going with your phone calls. Omar, Mo, everyone else, stay exactly where you are. This is Willard and Dibs. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Now, back to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. 
Okay, I can't wait for this. This is our, our, our friend, Boxer and Gerson guest line, our buddy Rob Parker, but I'm already worried about him. Not because the Niners are going to crash the Lions season on Sunday. Not because of that. I know no, that's why I'm worried. Yeah, but he's used to that. I bet he can handle that. Um, I, I, I just went to go kind of set things up and see what you've been talking about on Twitter of late. And it appears, did you leave? Did like, did one of the biggest opinionists I know get somehow like worked off of Twitter? Where where are you on there, Rob? Yes, I I got hacked. Like you know, like I got hacked. So now I'm at at Rob Parker MLB Bro is my new uh, oh, MLB my new Bro MLB Bro because you need to know. Remember that. <laughs> Is the bro part of the MLB, or is there a second B in there, Rob? There's a I... second B. Ah, yep, MLB, gotcha. and then B-R-O. Oh, I see you. Oh, there you are. Oh, gosh, you've got, like, I mean, you had, like, a bajillion followers, yeah, and now you don't. What 12, the hell? 20, you got 1,200 followers, Rob? Come on. You know what? It's so what happens, and you know this, every day you, you're, you're deluged with, fake emails and things that they want you to click on. You know what I mean? And if you, if you'd like tilt your head the wrong way and you're not paying attention and all the stuff looks legit and they, and they got me. I mean, I, I, you know, been on Twitter for a long time and, and I can't, and now they don't have anybody there to work to get your account back. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they don't yeah. have any workers. So um, these guys are doing hacking people. And you can't get your account back because they're no workers. Yeah, gosh, Man, no, it's, it's, it's a damn shame. But uh, I'm glad. Story. Yeah, glad you let us know where you are. And obviously, uh, we listen. Rob Parker, Fox Sports Radio, the Odd Couple, alongside Chris Broussard. Although you told me that today you're in Detroit, you do know that the game is not there, right, Rob? Right, I know. <laughs> As you know, though, Mark, I own a barber shop in Detroit for 21 years. Whoop. And uh, just taking care of some business, you know, a little quick business trip, and I own a house out here too. But I'll tell you this, there is no more confetti to be sold in Detroit. They've been throwing it all year. People here are so jacked about the Lions, my God. Yeah, are you letting Lions fans know to wear a funereal color coming out here? Because you know how this goes for uh, you and your Lions people, right, Rob? No, hey, I, I understand. Hey, you, you know what? If they're coming to hostile territory, you know, you got to pick your – be careful because you can't go out there doing that. But I understand why people have gone off the deep end. When, when you came into the <laughs> season with one playoff win since 1957, you know what I mean? And you went two of them, and granted, both of them were at home. You're going to lose yourself, and that's where Lions fans are right now. Uh, so, Rob, with, with all of that said, um, I, you know, you talk about that energy. This is one point I've been making about this game. Uh, the Lions' two games have been at home, and they've really fed off of that idea of we haven't been here doing this in 30 years. They don't get that dynamic in the building on Sunday. How do you think that affects things? Yeah, it will definitely be different. It's different to go on the road and try to win a big game in this spot. I mean, I know a lot of people are hedging their bets. I hate when people say, don't be surprised if. That doesn't mean anything. You're not making a prediction. You know what I mean? You're kind of covering your ass. I I, I can sit here and tell you the Lions are going to win. I just don't believe it. 
I don't believe that they're going to go to San Francisco and beat the 49ers because if they do, hell, there will be hell to pay for the 49ers that they had a chance to go to the Super Bowl and they let a team that hasn't won a road playoff game since 1957 come into their building and beat them. I, I, if it happens, it will be one of the biggest upsets I've ever seen. Rob, what do you think of Brock Purdy? I think Brock Purdy is not Joe Montana. I hate people keep saying that. I, I just, I think that he's a good quarterback, but I think the narrative that people have is, well, if he was somebody else who was drafted in the first round, people would be ranting and raving about him and this, that, and the other thing. I think that's a lazy analysis of, of Brock Purdy from this standpoint because uh, we saw uh, a quarterback who wasn't even drafted. Forget about being Mr. Irrelevant. Who was that with the Rams? Kurt Warner. Thank you. Was not even drafted, had all the weapons around him, correct, with that Rams offense, and nobody blinked an eye. He was MVP. He, he, people automatically bought in because they saw something. And, and I get it. Like, the 49ers went to the Super Bowl without Brock Purdy. And, and, and people are like, well, he's got all these pieces, all this stuff. I still think the jury's out as to really how good he is. And here's a break, a, a break moment for him. Because if he has a stinker, this is going to be bad for Brock Purdy. Okay, but I think you've also brought up something that, that is why this is confusing. Uh, you say people saw something in Kurt Warner. What 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 was seen in Kurt Warner that's not seen in Brock Purdy? Kurt Warner threw for over fifty touchdowns in that season. Yep, he was spectacular. I just I don't think that any nobody could look at that guy and go, he wasn't even drafted. Oh, he's not. You know what I mean? Like like who could say that for a guy with those fifty touchdowns his first season? I, I just think that he was so good that you couldn't deny him. And then there were moments in Brock Purdy's season, the three-game losing streak, uh, the biggest game of the year on Christmas night, you know, he choked it down, four picks. That was everybody was watching. People didn't even had not seen Brock Purdy all year round, all year Christmas night sitting there watching going, oh, this is the guy? Okay. Yet he still led the league in yards per attempt and quarterback rating. His quarterback rating was top 15 all-time for a single season, yet you want to drill down on one game that you happen to see in prime time as greater than the other 16, Rob? Yeah, absolutely, yes, because there comes moments. And let me say this. That was Brock Purdy's moment in that he could have shut up everybody and actually won the MVP if he played well against the Ravens and, and, and Lamar Jackson, and if he would have done that, it would have changed the way people looked at him, and that guy would be winning the MVP. Instead, that was the night that Lamar captured the MVP, and it might alter Brock Purdy's career forever. I know that's hyperbole, but that moment may never come back. If, if that moment got away from him, and this moment gets away from him, Brock Purdy may never be in that spot where, A, 
he could have he could win an MVP or B go to a Super Bowl. That's okay. how big it was. Okay, and I'll buy that. But we also do this as I think the nature of the beast, especially when a team is favored. Uh, boy, if. If it doesn't go well tomorrow, then, you know, fill in the blank. What, what, what if it does? Rob Parker, Fox Sports Radio, oh, joining does, us. So, if he gets to the Super Bowl, yeah. it still come down to what did he do in the Super Bowl because the 49ers have already been to the Super Bowl. It's not like they haven't been there for 20 years and Brock Purdy led them. Then you, you have a different narrative. They've been there a couple of years ago, and they lost. And the reason, and and they felt like the quarterback wasn't good enough. And if Brock Purdy gets him to the Super Bowl and doesn't play well, people will wonder, well, can he really get us over the top? And it's it's an unfair narrative. I get it, but I believe that that's the narrative that he has. People won't buy into Brock Purdy until he wins the Super Bowl. Where do you think that narrative comes from? Because I hear the same narrative about Josh Allen, and he's never made it to the Super Bowl, and we all think that Justin Herbert is an elite quarterback, yet he can't even make it in the playoffs. So, Rob, where do you think this narrative comes from about Brock Purdy versus you know the, the level of success that his team has had while he's been quarterback? I, I just think that it also has to do that when Josh Allen got good, that Buffalo turned into a team that was in contention. They were 13 seconds away from going to the Super Bowl. And, and Josh Allen, go back, played outstanding in that game on the road. I mean, there, there are certain circumstances that people look at. Uh, Justin Herbert, I think he took a step back this past year. A lot of fourth-quarter picks. I don't look at him. I know people love his size and his arm strength, and he's a prototypical quarterback that they love to look at. But he hasn't played up to that potential. And now he's got a, a coach who could probably help him get there because his coach was so bad. So I think it's things like that that, that make the difference in, in where you come in. If Brock Purdy came into the 49ers and they were bad for eight years and he was doing what he's doing now, I think people would look at it differently. Rob, what's your take on the Dan Campbell versus Kyle Shanahan coaching matchup? I think there's a chance that Dan Campbell can wind up blowing the game because he's a risk taker. He makes a lot of some bad calls to me that things that, you know, going forward in his own end and all kinds of things that, you know, so far hasn't come back to bite him. I've seen him in a few games during his tenure in Detroit where he cost his team some games. Shanahan just for him, you know, what was the stat that just happened when they won in the fourth quarter? He was 0-30 or something when trailing by seven points or whatever. What was yeah, it? Yeah, five or more. He was 0-31. Yeah, I've lost track because there's like eight variations of it. Sure. But the bottom line was is he hadn't won a game where he was trailing in the fourth quarter, and now he has. There's one. Right. So, so um, Shanahan, you know, he has three of, of probably the worst – fourth quarters or ends of games in, in football history. You know that, where his teams have been shut out and uh, the, the ending of the Atlanta Super Bowl with the Patriots. They were in field goal range, first and 10 at the 22, run the ball three times, run the clock down, kick a field goal, you're up by 11, and Tom Brady can't beat you. Uh, that one he lost. And then a couple others, they had the Chiefs down by 10. Instead of running the ball like they were doing all game. They decide to throw the ball and give it back to the Chiefs. That cost him another one. So I think until he can 
get rid of those bugaboos and win a Super Bowl, win, not go, win a Super Bowl, people will always question him too. So you, you pin the Atlanta loss when he was a coordinator on him, even though he Absolutely. was... So Absolutely. He's, he's the coordinator, and he gets his team to a 28-3 lead, and the defense doesn't get a stop. And as the coordinator, you're going to put that on Kyle Shanahan, Rob? Yes. Okay. First and 10 at the 22, okay? First and 10 at the 22. Why are you throwing the football? Go back and watch the tape. They're snapping with time remaining on the, on the play clock. None of it made any sense. You're already in field goal range. You get a holding. You get a sack. You're out of field goal range. It, it's the dumbest football calls I've ever seen. I'm not a coach, not even pretending to be one. I'm watching that first guess, as this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Rob Parker, Fox Sports Radio with us here, Willard and Dibbs. Rob, with a long history in Detroit, um, our listeners may not know your history of coming up with the nickname Stat Padford uh, that you used to give to Matt Stafford for years when he was quarterbacking. I'd love your opinion on Jared Goff and what, what, what you see in him at, in that position. Yeah, it's a big moment for Jared Goff, too, obviously. Uh, they ran him out of L.A. and didn't think that he, he was the weak link on that Rams team, and they wound up winning the Super Bowl without him. So he has something to prove. And if he wets the bed on Sunday, then people might say, see, this is Jared Goff, this is who he is. He's had a good year and a good run with the Lions, you know what I mean, to make the team a lot better. But it still comes down to he wasn't able to win the big te- big game. And you remember that team, they were averaging 35 points a game, and I think they got one 89-yard field goal in that Super Bowl. <laughs> Rob, are they all being nice to you out there? I, I got to imagine this, this Lions are going to get beat thing is, is, is probably not resonating very well out there. They hate me out here. Okay. But that's, that's, <laughs> that, was, that, that was my whole 20 years here. You know what I'm saying? That's, like, I'm, I'm not, you know me, I'm not rah-rah home team. I'm going to call it like I see it. I'll never forget they asked me to do the, when the uh, Tigers played the uh, St. Louis Cardinals in the World Series and they asked for my opinion at the top of the news, local news, and I said I picked the Cardinals. And the Yankers almost fell off their chairs. <laughs> and, of course, the Cardinals beat the Tigers, of yes, course. Right? Yes, yes, they did. As, as, as the Giants did years later, too, Rob. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, we have a history of uh, of taking care of things when uh, when, when we battle Detroit. Okay, one I have one question for you. I know you guys got to go. Yeah. If if they choke this down, how how big would this be uh, as far as the the choke Richter scale? If the Forty Niners if the Forty Niners lose Sunday on the yep. Choker scale, yeah, like yep. give me the, the scale is what like a one, one to, to ten? ten. One to ten, ten oh. being the highest. I mean, there's a nine it's and a, a seven, half. Rob. It's a nine and a half. It's a nine and a half. Rob, this, this fan base has thought that it's going to win the, the bowl the whole year. And, and the only thing that has given it pause is what happened on Christmas, but that's got nothing to do with the Lions and the NFC. Right. Yeah. No, I, I expect the 49ers and the Ravens. I'm not bragging. It's called proof of performance. I picked Lamar to be the MVP before the season, and I picked the Ravens to win the Super Bowl. I'm just saying. You sticking with that? 
I'm sticking with it. All right. In which Twitter account did that come from? Because I <laughs> no, put my fact checkers no. on that, Rob. That was on the radio show. I'll get you the audio. Yeah, send me the clip, and I'm sure it was on your burner account, Rob. We know. That's right. Yeah. No doubt. All right, you. Rob. Let's text Monday because we might 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 have something for you if you if you think the Ravens are going to win. All right, let's do it. All right, All right guys. All right, thanks, brother. Thanks, Rob. Stay well. Okay, you too. That's a good man. Rob Parker, uh, Fox Sports Radio, and he's hanging out in Detroit telling everybody they're about to lose. And he goes about, and I'm not just going to say that he's a troll, because I do believe that he believes what he says, but he does it the right way. It's, you know, tongue partly in cheek, and it's not with that same level of, like, ignorant defiance that you get from other talking heads at this level. And I know that Rob and his opinions at time rankles people, and I didn't love everything he said, but I appreciate the way he delivers it, and it's fun to talk to him. Um, no doubt. We're streaming live on Twitch and YouTube. Twitch.tv slash 957thegame. You can hang out there. Or YouTube.com slash 957thegame. Watch us live. Uh, see the handsomeness of uh, of Dibs. Uh, you can uh, you can see me uh, fall asleep almost like I did earlier in the week. That's actually not true, but you get the whole point. All brought to you by First NorCal Credit Union. Okay. Should we take some calls? Everybody wants to get in on Let's this. Let's go to the phone. Let's go and start with uh, Mo in the city. Hi, Mo. What you doing? Hey, how's it going? Great. Uh, Mo. Listen to your listening to your discussion about with Rob about um, Brock and whether he's an MVP type of quarterback. Yeah. Um, I, you know, before that, I was going to talk about the 49ers chances, but I do want to just talk about that thing about what you guys were talking about with Rob. I, you know, I wonder if the best way to see, to kind of compare and see if he really is an MVP type of quarterback is if you flip the quarterbacks and you put Lamar with the 49ers and you put Brock with the Ravens, what would that look like? I think the Niners, you could say reasonably that they would look phenomenal with Lamar there. And at the very least, they would look like they are now. I don't know if you could say the same thing about the Ravens with, with Brock there. I think you could make a reasonable argument that maybe they might not even be at this AFC championship level with Brock. I think people wouldn't think you're crazy if you said that. Um, so maybe that's why, you know, you can make a reasonable – listen, I love Brock. I, I think it's great for the 49ers. But maybe that, that's a analogy that – where people can say, yeah, and this is why we don't think he's an MVP type of quarterback. Okay, so this is an interesting point, Mo, and I, I like, I bet we'd both love to answer it in a number of ways. Mo, thank you. My first answer is there's no way in hell to know in either direction. I know you think the Niners would be amazing with Lamar. I might even agree with you, but I have no idea how that would look. And you might think it would be pedestrian if Brock played for Baltimore. Might be right. No way for us to know any of that. So the reason I say that is now, in my opinion, you cannot move forward and start making other arguments based on the fantasy that you've built in your head about what would happen if then what. This whole MVP argument, in my opinion, has gone to a place that it shouldn't go. Uh, First of all, there is no argument Lamar is going to win the MVP. Right. But the second part of it is the MVP, we got to stop letting it spill into a conversation of who's better or who you'd want. That's not what the MVP is. The MVP has never been about who's the best player. If it is, we can do that at the beginning of the year. It's Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes wins. Otani wins. 
and either Steph or LeBron or Giannis or whatever you want, Embiid. Yeah. That's it. Embiid or Jokic. Or Jokic. Every we, year. Like you, why even watch the way they play? Right. The MVP is based on that season, how that player in that team performs, produces, and so on and so forth. So that's why, yes, Brock Purdy should be second in the MVP voting, not because he's the second best player, but because, quite frankly, he had the second best season. He had the second best imprint on the NFL this year based on the really good teams. That's my opinion on that. So we, we, we just we let it slip into something it isn't. And, and, and I also think it's why this thing got so emotional. No one, Ryan Clark, no one forced you to do anything. Right. No one asked you to say Brock Purdy is Patrick Mahomes. No one asked you to do that. No one even thinks that. I'm over here in Supporterville, and I don't think that. And Rob Parker had an interesting take on that in that, you know, the primetime game, it does matter more than every other game. Okay. That, that's his opinion, yep. and it's the opinion, I think, of many people, including Peter King, who joined us. He had Brock Purdy as his MVP, and then after the Christmas night game, he had Lamar Jackson as the MVP, and Lamar played better head-to-head. They didn't face each other in that game, but right, right. something about the one game, the big game, the late-season game, it all matters more than the other games. And the notion of... Brock on the Ravens and Lamar on the Niners, it's impossible to think about because the Ravens wouldn't run the offense that they run if they had Brock, and the Niners wouldn't run the offense that they run if they had Lamar. So you can never just take, especially players who are so different as these two, you can't just transpose them and figure out who'd be better. You have to sports. Right. I, I know a lot of people love to just skip the sports. You don't get to skip the sports. I listened to Cowherd do this one year. It's one of the reasons I can't stand the finish to college football. Grandy, cover your ears. I can't stand it. It's the stupidest thing in the history of sport. Why? Because we all sit in a room and decide we know who would be better. Well, you skipped the sports. Cowherd one year is making an argument between the last two teams to get into the college football playoff, and the argument went this way. Well, I talked to Vegas, and Vegas says that Alabama would be a seven-point favorite over the team that you all think should be in the college football playoff. So, Alabama's in. No, that's stupid. You skipped the sports. I don't care who would anything. You don't know what would happen. Until it does. So sports has to be about what did happen, not what you think might happen. Right. So I don't care who plays where in a fantasy world. I watched the season, and the season tells me that Brock Purdy was one of the most productive players in the entire league, and he did it at the helm of... Of, of the team that many think is the best team in the NFL. Sure. That's and worth something. Therefore, he's in the final five for MVP, and the award will be given out in a couple of weeks, and he'll be there for the ceremony, and I don't think that he'll win it. He might come in second. He might come in third. He might come in fourth or fifth. I don't think he's going to win it, but that's why we love football the most, Mark, is because there is no best of seven. There is no best of five. And the Lions have to come out to San Francisco because the Niners got the one seed, and that's a big advantage. And you get 60 minutes to decide on a Sunday who's better. And if the Lions win, you could still say the Niners are a better team, but it doesn't matter 
because it all gets settled on the field on Sunday, and that's why we love football the most. No doubt. We're presented by Fremont Bank, full-service banking, no compromises. We want to talk to as many of you as possible, and that is the plan immediately coming up next. So, uh, David and OG and Omar, everybody, here we go, because Championship Sunday is upon us. 888-957-9570. Your calls coming up next on Willard and Dibs. The Road to Vegas is brought to you by Marowest Credit Union. Working for you today, tomorrow. Tomorrow, together. Also, Mark, now back to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Was that Larry? Who was that? Was that Larry? That was Filmo doing his dibs. Oh. Oh, gosh. Filmo does know how to change his voice. Also, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think that I spoke that stiltedly in terms of fragmented sentences like Mike was saying in that clip. I don't think you ever call me Mark. Occasionally. Sometimes. Yeah, but usually not. It's not a Mark day. No, I don't even know if I, I don't call you anything. That's true, too. Because it's pretty clear that I'm talking to you. And so I don't need to address you. Who and are you? Occasionally when you're somebody else in here? You're in your phone or if there's, you know, a playoff game on or like Thursday night football, occasionally I'll drop a mark to try wow, to get right. you to Hello Over here. We're doing we're still Over doing here. radio Over here. Over here. Mark also, Mark. Let's go to Mark. No, you know my new promise this weekend and I suggested for all of you, especially if you're gonna have a party. Put the phones. Away. Can you help me fix my phone? And that is not me being a boomer. That is me going, I do not want any notification sensations. Cha-ching. I do not want that. I, I, whatever delay the broadcast is on, I do not want your phone going, bzz, bzz, touchdown, 54-yard touchdown to Brandon Ayuk, and Brock Purdy's just breaking the huddle. Don't do that. And then... If you, if you do do that, certainly don't announce it to the assembled crowd. Right. Like, oh my gosh, I got to take my son's phone away from him. Because he can't, like the other thing is, once you know someone's doing this, they can't hide their face. You're like, Jake Moody's lining up from 52 and you're looking at other people's faces like, are you happy? Are you mad? What's your phone doing? Yeah. Just like, it's annoying. Lord, put the phone away. Just I have put it away. a slightly lesser version of that at my father-in-law's because sometimes we'll be in the kitchen watching a game and the kitchen's on Roku and then the living room is on Xfinity. <laughs> so the living room's about three seconds ahead of the kitchen. Right. And so occasionally, and if the TV's on in the living room and he's listening to it, it's going to be on about 75 volume because he's 80. Yeah. And so, you know, the hearing aids may or may not be in. And so... You hear the play, Adam, what a great catch down the sideline. And I'm in the kitchen, and I look, and they're just breaking the huddle. It's like, okay, I need to put my, uh, I need to take out my uh, hearing aids. Um, let's, uh, let's do as promised. Let's go to the phones. Hey, David in Santa Clara, what's going on? You're, uh, you're at the epicenter there. What's going on? Hey, I uh, just want to talk about Christmas Eve. Now, I don't think uh, Coach Shanahan uh, – Designed new game a place for that that game. He he ran the same plays out of the same formation with the exact same motion he did all year. And if they meet up in the Super Bowl, they'll run look like those same plays from the start. But guess what? They're going in an entirely different direction to a different player. And that's what happened Christmas Eve. I don't think his main concern was to make Brock an MVP that night. He wants to win a Super Bowl. 
Wow. So, David, are you suggesting, and it was Christmas evening, not Christmas Eve. I get what you're saying, but but, but are you suggesting that he purposefully went vanilla? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh. Yeah, interesting. Intentional vanilla. Yeah, David, thanks. I don't agree uh, with that. Um, I, I, I think that, that that is almost doing a disservice to how hard it is to get to the Super Bowl. If you think that people like Kyle Shanahan, I know, see, we all do that, and I'm not saying we're wrong. We're one game away from all of us being right. The two best teams are Baltimore and San Francisco, and they're going to play in the Super Bowl. Well, they might. They're both favored to do exactly that this weekend. That said, if you think the people who are in this assume stuff like that with four weeks to go in the season is is sort of like dismissing what they believe about all of these other teams. And they believe all these other teams are really good. And what they believe about themselves. Yes. Because if you really have faith in what you're doing, then you're not going to hold back on Christmas thinking that we don't want to tip our hand for the Super Bowl. (laughs) And if you get to the Super Bowl, you're thinking, wow, we're one of two teams left. We have a good team. And whatever we want to run, we're going to run it. And if we execute what we want to run... They're not going to be able to stop us often enough to beat us. Well, I mean, go back to the Dallas and Philly game. So are you saying that because they opened it up on those two teams, they were so confident they weren't going to see him again? I mean, no. Of course they're, not. They're not going to see him again, as it turns out. But but everyone thought they would, certainly at the time. So I just don't think that you play games like that. Um, I, here's the thing about the Baltimore 49er matchup, and we may have two weeks to talk about it, but... There's both something to be said that is scary and then something that can build confidence for a 49er fan, I believe. Like, they got beat. They got absolutely hammered. They got in Brock Purdy's face, and they caused turnovers, and they ripped his confidence away from him in the middle of the game. That's all terrifying. Here's the other side, though. A lot of the play calling that you just referenced with Kyle Shanahan, it working. They were cutting the ball up and down the field on the Ravens. Go watch the tape. And not to say that batted balls aren't the responsibility of the QB they are, but uh, as we know, these all fell directly to Ravens, and it doesn't always work that way. So I, I guess this is a way of saying that that matchup played again with the exact same play calling does not mean it's going to go the exact same way. Of course not. And you could play this game this weekend 10 times, and it's not going to go the same way all 10 times. Now, should the Niners win 7 of the 10 against the Lions? Sure, you can think that. And whatever the number is, 8 of 10, 6 of 10, depending on where they play, it doesn't matter because you're playing them once. And the key is, can you beat them on Sunday? But if you do face the Ravens again in the Super Bowl, or the Chiefs again, a team that you faced last year, and they cut you up, and they went down the field on you ad nauseum in that game, it means nothing in terms of what happens this time around. Um, let's keep it up. Um, let's go to Omar in the uh, the city. Hi, Omar. What are you doing? Hey, how are you guys doing today? What's up? Good, good. I just have a quick message to put out there. Um, I don't. I hope Debo's listening because I don't know if you guys know, before the season, C.J. Gardner-Johnson was calling out Debo Samuel, calling him a running back. So I hope Debo Samuel is out there, going to prove him wrong, and I hope he listens and he gets reminded of that and he doesn't forget about that. Uh, real quick and, on uh, that, Omar, you do not need to worry about Debo's ears. Uh, they're, they're, they're large, he hears everything, and he has done plenty of talking himself. 
perfect. Uh, second thing is, I think uh, we can cancel out. Uh, I think our linebackers are better than than their linebackers. We have side to sideline to sideline linebackers, and they don't. I think we should target the middle with Kittle and Jawan Jennings and uh, Christian McCaffrey. We should have a good. We should have a big big yard day through the middle of the field. Omar, thanks so much. I don't disagree with that at all. I, although, kind of an easy statement to say our linebackers are better than their linebackers. Uh, vanilla comment, go ahead, rinse, repeat, use it every sure. single week. Right. Uh, Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw, there's not a better tandem. There's a, there, there are other great tandems. There's not a better tandem in the NFL. And I think in terms of the matchup, and you're going to have to have the, the linebackers guarding Laporte, a very good tight end, and that's going to be a factor, but also giving help on the in-cutting routes out of the slot when Amon Ra is coming out of the slot because he's going to be a problem. So, And I think the bigger issue based on last week is the run defense. So if you don't have a lot of pressure up front and if you're not stopping the run at the point of attack, well, now you need your linebackers to step up and make tackles. Well, th- those wide receivers are tough. Um but Charvarius Ward, Lenore, they're going to have to do their thing on those guys. Laporta is absolutely a, an assignment for Warner and Greenlaw. However, the bigger one, to me, is the one who's lying in the weeds, and that's Jameer Gibbs. To me, that's the, that's the matchup for the linebackers that has to terrify you. Because if you're worried about, and this is why you can't give Jared Goff a whole lot of time to sit back there on his spot. Um, those receivers are good. They're fast. Um, they're a timing offense. If they get open, he's going to hit them. But even if you're covering those assignments, he slips out into the flat for a little screen play, and your linebackers are out of position, you can't catch up. You can't catch up. He's an absolute dart. So they've got all the weapons they need. But, again, that's why I'm talking about pressure up the middle on Jared Goff. He can't handle it. If the Niners are able to provide that pressure up the middle, none of these weapons are going to matter. Jared will not have time to get it to him. He won't be able to get on his spot. He has shown that you he will turn the ball over when you do that. And uh, and the Niners have a great ball hawking defense that'll that'll completely turn that into either a field flipper or a pick six if they're able to create that pressure. Yeah, it'd be great to get uh, an early pick six, get the crowd into it. That obviously would be the ideal formula. And I do think that you know the coin toss is a little bit more relevant, but still you're going to see Detroit with the ball first. And I was looking at some of the stats on yeah. coin tosses, and Dan Campbell is more likely to defer than he is to accept. Okay. So, But he's not a complete, I'm going to defer no matter what, like Kyle is. So I wonder if you're on the road, you think maybe we get the ball first, we score first, we keep the crowd out of it. That might be the way he goes if they win the toss. You know what I do if I'm uh, the 49ers this weekend? I hire somebody to follow Dan Campbell around when he gets to the stadium because I want to hear this conversation he has with the ref before the game. Remember the whole story in Dallas? Like, I sat the ref down and I explained to him exactly what we're going to do. Well, get someone with an earshot of that. Don't let Dan Campbell talk to the ref. If you do, something's up. Something's up. Because you're right, he is a gambler, but what does that mean for this particular game? This particular game, if I'm Dan Campbell, I acknowledge something. And I know guys like him don't like to do this. Nobody in the NFL thinks anybody else is better than them. They all think they're fantastic, and quite frankly, they're, they're mostly right. These are the greatest athletes in the world, and we're down to the final four, so these teams are really good. But if I'm Dan Campbell, I would admit 
a disadvantage in this football game. I'm going against a team that's a touchdown favorite. I'm in their building. I'm in their game. Like, we might name the game after them if they go again one or two more times. So I'm I'm down on experience. I'm I'm probably a little bit down just in terms of manpower. Um, I'm down in terms of the fans being on my side. I'm down. That means I'm going to try something crazy. Like, I, if I'm the Niners, I'm watching for an onside kick. Yeah. I'm watching for a fake punt. I'm watching for something like that on every single play because that fits right into Dan Campbell's script in this situation. And Kyle Shanahan spoke to it yesterday, and when he said they're going to be a team that's going to try to steal a possession, and that's what it comes down to. And not that the Lions can't beat the Niners straight up, but if you can steal a possession here or there, and if you can keep the Niners from doing what they love to do, which is possess it at the end of the second and at the start of the third, if you can disrupt that, by stealing a possession or keeping the ball late into the second quarter, even if you know you're not going to get it to start the third. These are little things that the Lions need to do to try to win this game. I do think you're right, though, in terms of not only a trick play, but just a bold call, whether it's fourth down in your own end or an onside kick where you don't expect it or a fake punt. They did use a sixth lineman a lot this year, not only on that famous... uh, two-point conversion try that didn't go their way because the ref and the team didn't didn't have the proper communication, but yep. they do that a lot. So I do think you're going to see a lot of uh, lineman-eligible, six-lineman type of formations as they try to do what you have to do against the Niners, and that is take the Niners out of their game plan, possess it more than the Niners, run it better than the Niners. That's the best way to beat them. Uh, you're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM and HD1 San Francisco, always live on the free Odyssey app, Twitch and YouTube. Powered by First NorCal Credit Union, the smart choice for low auto loan rates and super simple online application process. You are listening to a Football Friday. It's brought to you by First 5 California to learn four things you can do to overcome toxic stress. Go to first5california.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 